are given a stereotype of what success looks like and we often end up living our life on other people's goal plans and living our life for other people and what we think they want our success to look like. Welcome to Ags Pro's Business, where we have conversations with people in business about their business journey so as to provide our listening community with a variety of strategies that can help grow their businesses. Welcome to Ask the Pros Business, where we talk to business owners like you. You know, in a way, trying to share your journey as a business owner, you know, what you've been through, challenges, and of course, you know, the success stories as well. You know, trying to create, you know, a platform for other business owners to follow, you know, trying to give them an idea of how to you know, communicate, how to deal deal with challenges they are facing in their own businesses as well. As a former business owner and still a business owner, you know, you've probably gone through some experiences that you want to share with the listeners and the viewers as well. So Tristan, welcome to Ask the Pros Business. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to, to be chatting with you today, Kev. <laughs> yeah, Ashby, thank you for connecting anyway. So yeah. Tristan, like I always do on this show, you know, like we start, we always start from the beginning. If you don't mind, you know, tell the listeners, the viewers a bit about yourself, background story about yourself, you know, how you started, you know, and how it all started for you, you know, as a business owner. Easy. I can, I can do that. So, so for those of you that can't tell my accent, it's a tiny bit different to Kez's. So I'm, I'm coming all the way from over in Australia in Melbourne and we're currently recording this episode whilst, uh, we're in lockdown. So we've just gone back to, to lockdown and if we want to leave our house we have to have to wear masks outside of our house uh so that's a bit of fun but my my background my story i went to university and studied mechanical engineering and industrial design and and worked in that space for for a little while but uh i was never really fully committed or fully engaged in that space and i just i i kept on working just just for the paycheck and uh, i would I would spend time with my mates in on the weekends. I'd, I'd be living for the weekend. And one of my big passions is cycling. Not so much now, but uh, very much so in my early 20s. And one day I was out riding with a, a bunch of friends and we all decided that we wanted to get new cycling uniforms. So it was all the rage at the time to to all be wearing the same the same outfit. So this was Lycra. Uh, so they said, hey, Tristan, your, it's your job to go and organize the uniforms. So I'm like, yep, sure. I, I did a bit of research and I couldn't find any suppliers or brands in Australia that I was happy with. So from there, I'm like, I'm up for a challenge. I'm going to go direct to the manufacturers over in China and, and see if I can get a better deal and get better customer service and a better product that way. Fast forward a tiny bit. I found a manufacturer ordered some clothes for the group of friends and they came over and they were awesome, except for when we put them on, uh, the shorts were see-through so everyone could see our bum. <laughs> so they were not the right sizes though? Correct. The like the lycra was too thin. Oh, so, oh my dear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, so that, that was a bit embarrassing. But what I did learn out of that was that there was an opportunity uh, for me to improve Prove this product and then start selling it throughout Australia. So, uh, whilst I was running my day job, I set up a, a custom sportswear business on the side. So, selling selling custom cycling wear, custom triathlon, custom running clothing to cycling clubs, to charity events, to to other businesses. 
So I, I slowly built that up in my spare time. Uh, not that I had much spare time. And within about 18 months, I still running my day job, but I was turning over $300,000 and had, had staff employed over in the Philippines as well as manufacturing our two factories in China. And that was a time that I ended up going full time in that business and able to grow. I kept on growing that business to the point where I was running a national level cycling team. So the highest level, I had staff in Australia. I was manufacturing across the world, selling across the world, hit seven figures in revenue. And I was still in my uh, mid twenties. So I sort of, I was about 26, 27 when I got to that level and everything was going right for me. And I thought, I don't need any help from anyone else. I, I'm, I'm having all this success by myself. I don't need to listen to anyone else. And during that, that period, at the same time, I got married. Fast forward a tiny bit, uh, in, in the six month period, the Aussie dollar tanked. Um, and by tanked, we, we lost the, the conversion rate dropped quite significantly, which ended up meaning all of our products cost a lot more. And at the same time, my wife came to me and said, our marriage is over. So all within six months time, I had two massive life-changing experiences that I hadn't planned for and had no experience in dealing with. Well, sorry to hear that, Tristan. So These ha- things happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. They, they do happen. So, so what, what, what happened next? How do you not pick yourself up, you know, and say, you know, I'm not giving up, you know, I'm still going to, you know, keep, keep shooting, keep pulling myself, keep pulling my weight, you know, what was the next thing for you? Well, for, for a good, good nine months, I didn't pick myself up and I hardly wanted to leave the house. I hardly wanted to see friends. I got myself in about 200, 200 grand of debt. Uh, I wasn't happy at all. So, I, I, I'd gone from, um, having all of those highs to the lowest of lows, going through a divorce and being in, in debt. And like, I'd had all these plans and they'd all been pulled out from underneath me. Uh, or so I thought. And then I'm like, I slowly started to talk to people and I realized, Hey, I'm only in my twenties. I'm in control of my destiny. I need to realize that I don't know everything and I can turn my life and my business around. And rather than trying to do it all at once, I did it. In baby steps, I went and got support, um, both personally and professionally, started hanging, hanging around with the correct people and started making changes to my business and my personal life. By doing that, I was able to rebuild that business and systematize it to a point where it was making a profit again and I was able to sell it. Okay. So, so you, you rebuilt the business again. So and you sold the business. Now, why did you sell the business? It's a really good question. And after I rebuilt the business, the business was was profitable again. But by that time, the entire marketplace had changed and it was a lot lower barrier to entry. And I realized that if I wanted to take the business to the next level, I needed to go international much more than where I was. I didn't necessarily want to to go more international. And if I stayed only in Australia, I would have a whole heap more competitors because of the, the lower barrier to entry. So I sold it to someone who was wanting to take it international, take it to that next level. Cool, nice one. Yeah. But gr- growing up as a child, yeah, what, what were you interested in? And when they wake you up in the morning, what was the first thing you think about, you know, in terms of motivation? Sport. And- <laughs> okay. For me, for me it, it, it was sport. Uh, um, so whether it was foot, Australian football, basketball, athletics or cricket, so I was always a very, very active person, full of energy. And then, on the, on the flip side, 
some form of creativity and problem solving. So I've always been engaged in working out how to solve problems. That's good. That's good. So you moved away from that business. When you want to start a company, you know, do you think about different names and, you know, how, what you want to call the company, you know, how the name comes about, you know, now where, where I'm going through now is that why, why the name evolved to grow? So after selling that company, I was able, to, I was really fortunate in the fact that I, I was able to take a bit of time out and I didn't need to, to rush back into business or rush back into work. It was whilst I was on holiday with Aaron, my new partner, uh, we were, in, we were in Croatia and we we're talking about what I enjoyed, what I wanted to do with my life and profession and, and we we're brainstorming whilst we we're over there. And, and Aaron was asking the same questions that you just asked about what I liked in my childhood and what what made me happy and and what, what I was good at, the answers to that were whether that I love business, I love helping people, I love creativity, I love problem solving. And that's how I got into the, the business that is now known as Evolve to Grow, which is business coaching and consulting. But it was separate to that when I was back in Australia and spending time with a friend and mentor. We were actually sitting down having dinner and talking about business names and just throwing out ideas on the table and what the purpose of the business was. And at the end of the day, the purpose of the business is to to help people evolve so that they can grow and achieve their their personal and professional goals. Because if we don't evolve, we stay the same. So we need to be continuously learning and evolving to to be able to move forward. So with that in mind, it's like, okay, evolve to grow makes sense because it actually serves the purpose of the business. As a former business owner, now you you have your own new business going on now, you know, mm. in terms of measuring, you know, the metrics of measuring success in business, you know, as a business owner, how do you create success? How do you measure that? Because we, we all want success in our businesses, don't we? And I'm sure you've asked this question a lot of times, but it's it's actually defining what success means to you and not what's what you think success looks like. Uh, and what I mean by that is given a stereotype of what success looks like, and we often end up living our life on other people's goal plans and, and living our life for other people and what we think they want our success to look like. So the very first step is actually defining what we want and what we want to achieve personally and what we want to achieve professionally. And it doesn't actually need to include money. Most of the time, money is actually just a tool or should just be a tool to create success. So we can't go about creating success unless we know what success is. Uh, and so many, and this is where people get lost and businesses get lost. They don't actually know what success is. So define success. Then once you've defined success, you can create it. So invariably, success is, is what makes you happy, right? What was going to make the business happy? Instead of living other people's life and being in other people's roles, you know, you have to look inward, you know, and say, do you know what? Yeah. This is what I want to do. This is my success and this is my goal. And, and this is how I want to go forward with it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So looking inwards for you, um, look inside you and what actually makes you tick. Uh, and this is, it ends up being like your vision or your purpose or your why in a, in a sense, because achieving that is, is success. And then once you, you've actually got clarity on it, creating it is simple. People spend so much time trying to create it, but they don't actually know what it is that they're creating. And your why has to be greater as well. Yes. Interesting. This is really interesting to start with. 
and I've been talking about this a bit recently. I used to go to networking meetings and people would talk about your vision, your mission, your big, hairy, audacious goal, your BHAG. And I would walk out of those meetings because I totally did not understand what that was. And upon reflection, I, A, I wasn't ready, but B, the people were using corporate language and that corporate language didn't resonate with me. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of listeners that are on the same page that they don't actually understand visions and missions and and why they're there. And that's okay. You've got to actually put it in your own language to create your why rather than worry about the way it's actually been put on paper in the corporate jargon. Nice one, Tristan. And, you know, in building a business as well, you know, sometimes we want to do it alone or sometimes we want to pull families as well or friends, you know. Now I'm going to partnership. In terms of partnership, you know, in, in business, what's your take on that? Because sometimes two friends, you know, very good friends might not be good business partners. So what's your take on that? Biggest thing, no business with family or friends. Unless you are 100% content with losing that friend or losing that family member, do not do business with family or friends. Why do you say so though? Because invariably you will have a different why, different vision or a different purpose. Uh, and if you get into business together just because you know each other without actually being a hundred percent on the same page with the direction of where you're going, you will, there will come a time in the future, there will be a breakup of some form or another. It's not if, it's when. So unless you are a hundred percent prepared to lose your friendship or lose a family member or a relationship with a family member, don't do business with family and friends. This is my personal opinion. Other people have made uh, business with family and friends work. For me, friendship and family is more important than, than business. I'd rather not make as much money than, than have run the risk of doing do business with family or friends. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. So now, how have you managed to, to make Evolve to grow, you know, standard as a brand? Okay. So by not being afraid to be polarizing, it, that is the simplest answer. And what do I mean? By that, it is by not being afraid to share my opinion, to know who my target client is, to know who I help and who I can't help. And by communicating that message, I'm able to attract the people that I want to attract. And I'm also able to detract or push away the people that I don't want. And that creates noise in the marketplace where it polarizes people and it pulls people to me and it pushes people away from me. So actually having a stance, communicating it and knowing who you serve and who you help and and being clear on that. That's how I've been able to uh, stand out in the marketplace. Good. Nice one. Absolutely. How do you stay creative? You know, like creativity, you know, for some people could be hard. Some people could be easy. But for you, how do you stay creative? It's about staying fresh and actually understanding and knowing that we actually need to to take time out and to relax and that as human beings we can't operate like a computer and operate 24 7 we actually need time out time out to reflect time out to spend with family and friends time out for ourselves and by building that into my week by building that into my month and into my day i'm able to keep balanced and then when i come to my computer to my 
desk, I'm fresh and focused and present. Cool, cool. So in terms of staying fresh and staying focused, you know, to do what you need to do, you know, in terms of now going to multiple roles in your organization, how many roles do you play, you know, because because there's so much you can do, you know, so do you have other people in, in your organization that you delegate roles to? Yeah, 100%. I'm very big. My mindset is if it's not making me at least $300 an hour, I delegate to someone within my team. I focus on the high impact things. If I'm not doing the high impact work, uh, it's not progressing me and it's not progressing my business. So as soon as I can bring a staff member in to give more work to, I will, even if I don't believe I'm quite ready for it, because I know that will free up my my time not to be spending on admin and it means I'm spending it on being creative and growth focused activities. Cool. So what has been the most challenging thing, you know, running Evolve to Grow? Most challenging thing, becoming not be emotionally attached to the outcome of something. And my team have a massive impact on businesses and people's lives. Sometimes the clients have negative things happening in their business. And if I let that impact me emotionally, that's going to, that's going to impact my business, my team and my next client. So I've had to do a lot of work to emotionally separate or separate my emotional feelings and the impact of what happens in the business with, with me and understand that I am separate to the business. And if I can remove my emotions from things, I can actually have a greater impact on my clients and on my business. In saying that, you know, so what, what do you think are the mistakes that, you know, people in your industry, you know, probably make in the coaching industry? Cause, cause it's a very big industry anyway, but you know, yeah, people definitely do things differently. You know, that maybe you might, you must come across some ways people do mm-hmm. things and you said, you know what, that's, if, if I was you, I wouldn't do it that way anyway. Can I be controversial here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, I want to yeah. be controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of wannabepreneurs that pretend they know everything and they know nothing and they go and coach other people and they coach other people into failure. Now, in saying that, you know, how do you now fish those kind of guys out? And there are a lot of guys out there that, that, that offer different programs and different courses and said, you know what, come with me in under two weeks. You make this, you make that, you know, that there's, there's so much of them all over the internet now, you know, YouTube everywhere. They're just everywhere. So how do you circle them out? <laughs> they're all false promises. So if a coach promises you, they'll get your results. You cannot promise that you'll get a client results because at the end of the day, it is the actions that the client takes that gets results. As a coach or a mentor or a guide, if you're going to say you'll turn your business around in a month's time, these guys have have done a a short course in sales and have learned how to how to pitch a product, but have got no substance behind them. There's a lot of a misconception these days, you know, about you know, trying to grow your business because now down to what COVID has, you know, has exposed us, you know, a lot of people want to do, do their own thing. A lot of people want to go into their own businesses. So, you know, a lot of guys fall for these things, you know, but it's it, like you, like you said, you know, it's, it's hard to point out, but if you can, you know, it's, it's, you know, probably a good way, you know, but unfortunately I would say at least 80% of the coaching market, I wouldn't say frauds, but uh, are not qualified to be coaching. 80% of coaches out there are not earning a full salary there they'd be lucky to be earning australian dollars 50 or 60,000 and that's below average income and they're trying they're trying to to help business owners that are pulling pulling in quarter of a million dollars in in profit kind of thing or more 
I could get on my high, high horse about this and talk for hours, but we don't need to go into too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. right. As, as the owner of Evolve to Grow, you know, helping businesses grow and all that, you know, what do you do differently? You know, if I want to grow my business, you know, what are you going to do for me differently that, that you think is, will be better than all the coaches out there? I may not be better than all of the coaches out there. And I'm not, I'm not going to promise that I'm better than all of the coaches out there because if I did, I'd be, a, I'd be lying to you. Uh, the biggest thing is actually being able to connect with the business owner and understand where the business owner is and how they operate. So, and from there, knowing that you can't take a cookie cutter approach. Each person learns and implements differently. So being, being a coach, you need to understand how your client learns and how they implement and you need to adapt your style to that. I'd like to think is one of my, my biggest strengths that I can adapt my style to different personality types and different learning types. But from there, I spend a lot of time at the start understanding the baseline of where someone is at and what makes them and their business tick. So it's about doing the research up front and understanding what the current scenario is like because we can't go and make changes or improvements until we know where we are right now. And most of the time, we don't actually know what the current situation is like. What advice would you give to someone that wants, that wants to go your career path, your business path? The biggest thing is begin with the end in mind. And what I mean by that is work out specifically what you, you want to achieve. Not some airy-fairy goal that I want to make a million dollars. Work out specifically what you want to achieve, whether it's in three years or five years time, what, or, or 20 years time, what is it black and white in numbers and specific results that you want to achieve? to get to and then have that as your pure focus and reverse engineer it. I've been in business for a while now. I've worked with a lot of guys, you know, but in, in doing that, you know, have you ever had any like negative reviews or someone told you, you know, you've done something that, that didn't really go well for them? You know, have, have you ever had that in business? I've had one client that we had to mutually part ways that my service wasn't suited for them uh, and they were probably too overwhelmed to begin with and they had more personal issues that I wasn't qualified to deal with. From a business perspective, I could help them, but I wasn't qualified enough on the personal side. So I, we both had to mutually part ways uh, because she needed help before I could help her. So in terms of actual negative reviews, uh, yes, I've made mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes, but if you go and look on my Google, Google reviews, I've got like 15, 20, uh, five star reviews. So, um, <laughs> But like at the end of the day, everyone makes makes mistakes and you, you have to learn from them. Like that. In, in having a business and you want to grow your business, it's always good to, you know, follow someone that's done it before, you know, or probably have a mentor, you know, that's done it before. In terms of mentorship in business, you know, what's your take on mentorship in business? You have to have people that are one, two or three steps ahead of you. You need to have a network around you. Uh, there's a saying that you're the sum of the five closest people to you. So if you hang around um, five drug addicts, you're going to be a drug addict. If you hang around five millionaires and they're the five closest people to you, you're going to be a millionaire. So build into your network, whether it's coaches, mentors, friends, the closest people to you uh, need to be people that you want to be similar to. Cool, Tristan. Absolutely. So for what I want to go into your, you know, into coaching, into your, your, your business, you know, the kind of things you do, you know, what would be your, your advice to them, you know, 
on how to start because there, there are a lot of people out there that it'd be kind of like confused on where to go or what to start you know one one will probably follow their passion as to say you know but for you doing what you do and someone is listening to you i like what it does you know i want to do what, what kind of things it does as well you know grow my business you know what would be your advice to them two things understand your passion and understand the value that you can add. So if you can understand what your passion is and the value that you can add to others, get those two aligned. You can then work out how to, to build a, a business or build a life around that. Know what your passion is and know where you can add value to others. Like you said, you're, you're right. You know, 100, you know, if you, if you follow what you love, you know what you love doing, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be easy for you to just, you know, wake up in the morning and just flow. You understand? It's good. Mm. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so growing a business is hard, you know, and dealing with family as well is another hard thing as well. You know, in terms of time management, you know, how do you manage your time? Right now with the COVID is a very tough environment. You know, we all know that, you know, how do you conduct your business these days? You know, and how do you manage your time as well? First thing is know that tomorrow always, there's always going to be a tomorrow and we're always going to have things to do tomorrow. And what I mean by that is, you'll never complete your checklist. Don't sit at your desk until you've completed because you'll just find new work to do. And from there, it's actually about having boundaries and understanding that, okay, this is the office. This is where I need to work now. But at 5 o'clock or 5.30, it's family time. And know that I can switch. I have to switch off at 5.30. So scheduling and blocking out time for your tasks, for your work, for your family and having that structure and building habits from that structure. Cool. Absolutely, man. You, you're right. Good. In terms of, you know, having getting advice as a business, you know, what, what, what would you say, you know, is the best advice you've gotten as an entrepreneur? don't know if it's advice, but it's probably the best question. And that question that I need to ask myself always is, what can I do better right now? In a way to improve your processes, yeah? Yeah, or anything. So to challenge yourself, what, how can I better myself? How can I better myself in the way I I lead my day-to-day life. If you're continuously asking yourself, how can I better myself or what can I do better now, be continually challenging yourself and continually growing. The more we grow, the more happy we are. Absolutely, Tristan. So if if we were to go back in time, you know, what would you do differently? Nothing. Yes, I've made mistakes. Yes, I've made a fool of myself previously, but everything that I've done has been a learning experience. The only thing I would do differently is to pay more attention and be more present. I wouldn't change my actions because I've learned from them, but to be more present in the past so I can learn more from those actions. Absolutely. Now, in terms of, you know, you know, balancing business life and personal life, you know, how do you, how do you balance that? Because sometimes we might just be caught into that, into that rat race, you know, to say, you know, and you probably don't know when to draw the line, you know, but as someone that has been in business for a while, how do you draw draw that line, you know, to have to say the best of both worlds, family life and business life as well? I'm very clear with my clients that, that come 5.30, I'm switched off. I don't, I don't talk to my clients after 5.30. My clients know that Fridays is their non-client facing day at all. So they're not allowed to contact me on Fridays unless it's an absolute emergency. It's about setting boundaries and expectations. Uh, and if I, rather than keeping them in your head, by communicating them to others, to the team, to my family, to my clients, if I've communicated 
to them, they respect them and then I respect them. So setting expectations, setting boundaries and communicating them. Cool. Absolutely. The pandemic is here. COVID is here. How do you conduct your business these days? You know, in terms of managing staffs as well, you know, remotely, you know, what would you say or what would you suggest a better way to do that? Communication is key. Just because we're sitting all over the world doesn't mean we, we can't communicate. So for me, my business, we've got Slack and we talk to each other on Slack and then we have video calls frequently. It's about working out a way to still communicate and engage with each other. People need, we need the human contact and the human touch. And if we don't have that, we're not satisfied. So I can't say much more than making sure we keep in contact with everyone within our business on a regular basis and actually make the effort rather than just sit behind your computer and tap away at the keyboard. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I love what you're doing. You're doing a great job, you know, going through your website, you know, you're great, you know, I must say you you you're doing you're doing something really good, you know. But in terms Thank of you. yeah, in terms of legacy, you know, and what you want to be remembered for, you know, what is that thing you you say to yourself, Do you know what? When I leave this world today, you know, I want people to talk about me and this is what I want, this is what I want them to remember me for. This is a question that I've really, really struggled with. But it ties into the vision for the business and the vision for the business is to business owners to have time and freedom and show them that they can have time and freedom starting right right now. And what I mean by that is you don't have to work 16, 70 hour weeks to be successful in the future. You can be successful now. If people can come and to me and say, we're happier now thanks to the interaction that you've had, we've had with you and you, you've helped us set, set ourselves up for the future. That is what I want. I want to be able to educate people to be successful now and in the future. And by success, it's having time and freedom. Absolutely. You know, we all, we all want that freedom. You know, we want to, you want to, you, you want to get your time back. You know, you also want to do what you love as well. For instance, me, I still have a nine to five job that I do, you know, but me doing mm. this now, interviewing people and talking to people in business, you know, it's, it's something I've, I've, I've grown to love, you know, and love to do, you know, hopefully this gives me the freedom that I want, you know, doing what I love. Like everybody says, you have to do what you love, but I strongly believe in that as well, you know, doing what you love, you know. Mm-hmm. And in saying that, what would be the one thing that you want people to take out of this, you know, out of this interview and one thing you want them to remember and say, you know, I came on this show and this is one thing I think you should hold on to. Live life now and be present today. Don't live for tomorrow, be present for today. Good, absolutely. Play message, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tristan, it's been nice talking to you, you know really love the conversation you know you've answered a lot of questions you know hopefully the listeners and people that watch this video will be able to take a thing or two from really want to wish you all the best but the world is in the kind of like in the place right now that nobody wants to be but you know we we all pray for the best you know and and hope that you know Mm -hmm. things things get things get better soon you know thank you thank you very much and thank you for having me it's been been really enjoyable thanks 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 man and um I appreciate the time as well, you know, and I'm grateful as well. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.